Okay, I think we are live. I'm hoping we're live. If we're not live, then we've got a problem. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, we are live. We are back. Nobody puts podcast in a corner is back because for some reason people wanted to listen to it more. Uh, so yes, uh, thank you all. Um, Happy New Year to you all. Um, thank you for joining us whether you're joining us uh listening to the podcast on spotify or apple or whether you're joining us live because we do that now um we will be uh streaming every episode live uh moving forward um because as i've mentioned in previous podcasts we've had quite a few people say ah oh, you've got such strong opinions about films that I hate you for and uh, and I it winds me up and I want to be able to express that and I've gone well how can we do that so here it is this platform now is streaming on uh, my personal Facebook on the nobody puts podcast in a corner YouTube and also on Twitch so uh, if you want to watch us live they are going to be the three avenues that you can watch us live on but as I say you will always be able to still listen to the podcast as normal afterwards uh, around nine o'clock it will go live um, so uh, moving on uh, welcome to my uh, first time guest new season new guest Danny hello Danny Hello, Russ. You all right? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Thank you for no. having me. Oh, no. Thank you for joining. Um, obviously, you know, you and me go way back and we've had many a many a conversation about films <laughs> on the way to work back in the day. Um, <laughs> quite a few and, discussions, as I remember as well. Um, yes, there were quite a few discussions, <laughs> yes. Uh, he, heated and all sorts. It was, but, you know, you've got an opinion about films and that's always appreciated. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm looking forward to uh, to our conversation this evening. Now, tonight's topic is cult classics, as picked by you, Danny. Um, yep. A cult classic, obviously, it is what it says on the tin. It is a <laughs> classic film that has garnished a cult following over the years. Um, so, yes, um, throughout the uh, episode... Um, whether you are joining us on Facebook, Twitch or YouTube, feel free to say hello, throw a comment in, give an opinion, ask a question. Already we've got a few people saying hello. So hello, Meeple Bops. Hello, Flying Fish. And hello, <laughs> Life with James. I hope you enjoy that red wine. I'm currently drinking a Budweiser. Um, <laughs> and also, hello, Corey. Um, so thank you all for joining we hope you enjoy the podcast. If you do ask a question, if you do ask, make a comment, I will do my best to get through all of them by the end of the podcast. Um, but yeah, so cult classics, Danny, talk to me about what, you know, what is a cult classic to you? Name a few that you like, that you love, that, that instantly pop out to you when you think of a cult classic. Um, well, like you said, I think cult classics are just films that have just gained a huge following. Um, Obviously, there's obvious ones. Most Tarantino films are cult classics. Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Um, Confession, which you know about. I've not seen all of Tarantino's stuff, but I've seen a few of them. Yeah. <laughs> I do have some catching up to do. Um, obviously, you've got uh, cult franchises as well. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, you know, huge, huge, huge following. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it, they're just the sort of films that, 
everybody's at least heard of them, I think. You know, no matter who you are, no matter what your age, you've at least heard of a cult classic. Absolutely. No, no, I fully agree with you there. And uh, yeah, and, and I think, you know, when obviously you and me had an initial discussion about doing this and going through cult classics, I thought, right, let's find a list. Um, so I have gone to my trusty friend, the Internet Movie Database, which uh, which is my, my uh, source of all things films. Um, and found a list of 400 of the greatest cult movies of all time. Now, obviously, we're not going to go through all 400 because we'll be here until <laughs> next week. Uh, however, um, what what we will do is, uh, you know, go through a few that I think certainly most uh, of our listeners and viewers will will probably at least know if they've not seen. Have a little bit of a discussion about those and see where we go from there. Um, so, okay, let's let's crack on. Um, so, I'm going to start off with with I was going to save this one till the end, but okay. it's, it's number one on the list. Um, and I, I know that there are hopefully a lot of people listening, watching that that, that love this film as much as I do. Uh, and it is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is number one on the list for uh, being one of the greatest cult movies of all time. Um, and I would say I have to probably agree with that. I think it is one of the most unique, bizarre, but fun films I've ever watched. And and I absolutely adore Tim Curry. And if, even if you haven't seen Tim Curry in um, Rocky Horror Picture Show... You've probably seen him in, um, oh God, mine goes blank, uh, Muppets <laughs> Treasure Island. He was in uh, Three Musketeers, basically did a lot of things with Disney. Obviously Home Alone 2, he played the concierge in the hotel. Um, you know, he's... he's and I, the original it. Oh, of course, he was Pennywise, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was the original um, Pennywise. You can't forget that. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, you know, it's... Uh, he oh okay corey's just said he's also in legend with tom cruise i've not seen that um but uh yeah it's um it's one of those things where i just think it's so iconic and even if you don't um even if you don't know the film you know the songs and i say that as i hand over to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a confession from last night wasn't it i've never actually seen the film but i'm well aware of the the cultural impact the film has had on 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 everybody um you know i've i've certainly heard the soundtracks i've seen snippets of tim curry from the film um you know just from the snippets that i've seen you he it looks like it is a very enjoyable film um yeah oh yeah i you know, for, forgive me for my sins. I've uh, sat and watched. I've sat and watched Glee with with Sarah. Obviously, you know Sarah, my wife. Um, and they they did um, a, a a tribute to Rocky Horror Picture, they which did. was actually quite enjoyable. To be fair, yeah, um, I did actually quite enjoy it. So you know, I've I've certainly heard the music. It's it's a typical um, musical type film from its era. Yeah. Um, but no, like you said, it, it just seems like it's a very fun film. And, you know, as I say, the, the music and the cultural impact has been phenomenal. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, uh, it really is. And I think, you know, whether you've seen it or not, you know it. You know of it. Yeah. Um, and you're right. It has had such an impact. Um, and it was the making of Tim Curry. You know, it really was. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, so just on that, um, Flying Fish, yes to Rocky Horror, even though when I first saw it, I was 29 years old. Uh, <laughs> well, better, better late than never. Uh, Ithil has also added that uh, Shane, 
uh, only watched it a couple of Christmases ago. So, oh, well, better, also better late than never. Um, so, yes, I, I uh, dressed up as Frank and Fursa last Halloween. Um, was it last oh, Halloween? Okay. Yes, it was. It was last Halloween. I dressed up with a group of us, went as Riff Raff and, um, you know, all the all the characters from, from it. And, <laughs> you know, that was certainly an experience. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Um Okay, well, either way, watch Rocky Horror, Danny. By the next okay, time we I'll, talk. <laughs> I will, well, there are no doubt going to be most films from this list that we talk about that I'm going to add, add to a to-do list. So Rocky, right, Horror, right. Rocky Horror is put, put on there number one. Don't worry. Good, good. That's what I like to hear. Okay, let's move on to another one. So um, let's, let's talk about this one. Uh, Blade Runner. Have you seen Blade Runner? Not in its entirety, but okay. I have seen I have seen a vast majority of it. Um, yeah. Thoughts? I know obviously that they've done recent, well, in recent years, done the sequel with Ryan Gosling as well, haven't they? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was kind of seeing seeing that they'd made a sequel to it that has made me want to go back and watch the original in its entirety. So yeah, no, absolutely, um, and I th I think um, I think it. I didn't watch it, Confession, until a few years ago. Um, and when I watched it, I thought, okay, this is a bit bizarre, but it's an interesting watch. Um, what stood out to me about it was I thought, God, when it came out, which I think when, when 82, it must have been so, like, wow to its audience. Because I don't really know in terms – I know Star Wars had obviously come out a few years before, but in terms of scale, it must have been up there with one of those films that people um, – people have gone like, you know, this is quite eye-opening almost. In like I say, in terms of the visual effect that it had. Um, from, from the bits I know about it, I think it came out around about the same time as the original Robocop, which, uh, like you said, in, in the early 80s, in terms of visual effects, and it was a very futuristic type film as well. So yeah. I think it was kind of a, like the original Robocop, I would imagine it was, you know, people kind of watched it and went, wow, okay, if that's the future, we're yeah. looking forward to it type thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not, not quite there yet, but yeah, didn't, didn't predict. Yeah, didn't predict what it would actually be like, but <laughs> a, bit, a bit like uh, Back to the Future too, predicting how things were going to be in 2015, and here we here we are in 2021, and we're like, yeah, we're far from that, far from that. Um, uh, Meeple Bops, I've seen this one. Meeple Bops, good for you. I'm glad you've seen Blade Runner. Um, let us know whether you're a fan of it or not. Um, okay. We're gonna. I'm, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try not to go down the list. I'm gonna try and like scroll and pick a few, and then we can just like fluctuate throughout the whole list. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. This is this is one that I'm. Um, this is one that I'm. I'm. I'm personally not very sure on. Uh, I have seen it. I prefer its sequel, but I am willing to bet that I would get a lot of crap for that uh, <laughs> if you watched it when it came out. Funnily enough, this also came out the same year as Blade Runner, and that is Tron, the original Tron. Okay. Um, I have seen this once years <laughs> ago and it baffled me because I remember looking at, and you know what? This is quite an interesting thing. Like visually what they tried to achieve with Tron versus, um, you know, let's say Blade Runner, which came out the same year or Star Wars, which came out five years before. I just thought, I thought Tron's visual effects, and I am, I'm showing my age or lack of in terms of, you know, experience here. I thought it was pretty dull. I'd seen films that had come out around a similar time and I felt like it just was a bit, 
naff. And that's all I can really say. However, the sequel, Tron Legacy, oh, mind-blowing. Visually mind-blowing. So have you seen either of them? Uh, so I've I've only seen the original, um, and I've got to be honest, it was because of how much I disliked the original that I didn't watch the sequel. So Fair enough. we could both get a bit of flack for this, but no, I, I do have to agree. I think the, like you said, Star Wars that was you know a few years previous to it, and Blade yeah. Runner that was the same year, um, um, and I'll, I'll probably walk through Robocop in there because purely because I know it, the visual effects yeah. they were they were just poor. They really were quite poor. Um, I just didn't know what they were trying to do. In the same yeah. era, you just kind of felt, well, you've, you've just, yeah, you just kind of felt, felt like they'd let the side down a little bit because it had the potential to be the front runner of visual effects, and it just really let, just really let itself down. I thought, I, I, and I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Like I say, Tron Legacy. Um, I actually thought it was a pretty good film. Uh, visually, it definitely stepped up the game, but to be based on. Uh, I know a lot of people that dis disagree with me a lot on that and say, you know, like, yeah, Tron's an amazing film, the sequel Legacy, but that is from a certain generation that would say that. So I think yeah. if, you, if you grew up with it, it was great. Um, it's the same as um, it's the same as people probably, you know, of a newer generation who watched the original Star Wars film and then compare mm. it to the likes of the ones that the Disney film uh, Disney have just made and go visually yeah. they're so different and it's probably a little bit of that going on there but you know we can only know what we know at the end of the day can't yeah, we exactly. so um okay tron there we go let's move on to another one um have you seen labyrinth with david bowie right now i have seen this purely and only because it is one of sarah's favorite films and uh. I'm, I'm gonna upset her and i'm gonna upset quite a lot of people here I cannot stand it. Well, I'm going to join you there. I love... Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to join you there. I love David Bowie. Uh, and yeah. I think he was a fantastic actor. I have to say, he, you know, some of the films that I've watched him in, he really... Do you know what I love? And I said this to someone quite recently. I think it might have been my mum. But I said, the thing is, is that he never had to try to act. He just no. did. He just... Yeah existed and that was enough do you know what i mean yeah no, um, absolutely I, I agree i think other films that he's done he, he he's uh, he was a phenomenal actor um and you like you said he just seemed to naturally fit into the role of an actor as well like he, there oh, was yeah. barely it didn't look like he had much effort put into it but you knew he had done but no just labyrinth i just don't know it just yeah, it just kind of it warp it warps my mind a bit, but not not uh, I don't know I I just really don't like it. Yeah, and I, I and I would I would have to agree with you that I think maybe I mean I have to admit the first time I saw it was probably about 10, 15 years ago, so I'd be willing to give it another go uh, to mm. see if it um you know uh, grew on me. But um, yeah, I, I I am with you there. Um, I've been neglecting the comments. I apologise. Uh, a few people saying that they enjoyed Tron. Um, that's cool um yes Corey has answered the question to live with james uh that yes they are uh both tron films are on uh disney plus so if you have disney plus give it a go um and ithil has just commented on with reference to labyrinth uh i just enjoyed dance magic dance uh, <laughs> so fair enough um okay let's let's try okay here's one Here's one that we can all talk about. Um, Reservoir Dogs. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I can join in on this one. Finally, I can finally join in on this one. 
you know that I watched this. I think it was last year for the first time, and I messaged you after I'd watched it because you were you were so. This was one of our heated discussions. You were so you were actually you weren't angry. You were like a disappointed parent. I'm not yeah. angry, Danny. I'm just I'm very disappointed. disappointed. <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So straight over to you. What were your thoughts on Reservoir Dogs? Um, do you know what I have to say? I did actually really quite enjoy it. Um, kind of the first film that I'd ever watched where it was just kind of set in one room was the original Saw film. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. And I, the, the concept of that being in one in one room, you know, that was all they had budget for. But the fact it was done in one room um, and kind of when I kind of when I started watching Reservoir Dogs, the, the initial opening scene, it was a bit like, OK, uh, this, this is going to be action packed. There's going to be loads happening because I had no idea what it entailed, what was involved. Yeah. Um, but then kind of very quickly realised, actually, no, that the focal point is this room. This is where everything happens. Um, none of it went the way I expected it to. Uh, um, I did very quickly um, figure out that I think it was it uh, Orange that was the undercover cop. Uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, very, I very quickly kind of cottoned on that it was him. Um, but I, I, I've got to be honest, I really thoroughly enjoyed the film. I really did enjoy the film. Fantastic. It really is one of the, um, for me, one of the greatest films I've ever watched. And I think, you know, there's there's so much that goes behind this. Like, you know, Tarantino, it was one of his, not his first, uh, his first film was a film called Four Rooms, which I didn't know about until recently. So it shows how much of a fan I am. Um, but um, his, fir his first, obviously, proper major film that got, got some grand attention. Mm. And... You know, the budget was so low that the, all the main cast, Harvey Cattell, Tim Roth, uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, Michael Madsen, they, the black suits were their own. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you always think about films and you think about their, their grand budgets and their costumes. Nope. The suits they walked in in that opening scene were their own suits because they didn't have a budget to, wow. to push it any further. Um and I believe that when when um, Tarantino first kind of, you know, got it together, he had a budget of something around the lines of $30,000, which, when you think about it, is not a lot. Um, it was only when Harvey Cattell came on board uh, that he said, well, I'll tell you what, I'll help fund it. I'll give you a little bit more cash. Just let me be in wow. it. And, and, and that's how it kind of all evolved, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, I think I go going off what you said, the fact that so much of it happens in that one room, you know, again, mm. for, I'm seeing comments here that say that the people haven't seen it. So I'll try not to give too much away. But, okay. you know, it's um, it's it's clever. It, people describe it as the greatest heist film where you never see the heist. And it's so true. You don't yeah, actually. You see know what? That is absolutely. That is the perfect way to describe it. It's yeah. It, you. It's it. Yeah. It, yeah. I can't, it's it's I the can't before. Actually, yeah. It's yeah. the before and after. <laughs> I can't. I can't kind of add anything more to that. That is the perfect description. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. No. It's the before and it is the after, but never the during. Well, kind of yeah. the during for a few flashbacks but ultimately yeah. the actual the actual heist itself we only hear about and i think that's yeah. genius that the way he it managed is. to pull that yeah. off so uh yeah no honestly for those so i'm looking again oh flying fish once again didn't see until there were 29 fair enough <laughs> yeah. if bill you need to make sure you watch it um cory absolutely love it that's great to see you've got good taste 
Um, so, yeah, no, uh, highly recommend Reservoir Dogs. Great and film. Just, and just, me. just as a note as well, sorry, to, um, like the cast alone, like considering that had such a low budget and Tarantino, you know, you know he, he wasn't really known at this point either. Like you said, this was no. kind of the film that kind of made him as a director, really. You know, you kind of... You know, when you look at the when you look at the cast and the people that got involved with it, he did really, really well to get some of the people on board. But also remember that a lot of those actors were also in their early part of their career at the time yeah, as well. This, so this we, we, know them, yeah. we know them now as, as being yeah. big, like, like Tim Roth's a great example. Tim Roth, we yeah. know now as being this stellar actor who's been in so many things. You know, he's been in The Incredible Hulk. Obviously, we know him mm-hmm. from Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah. He pops up in, I think, The Hateful Eight as well. You know, he's done so many. He did a cracking TV series called Lie to Me, which got cancelled after its third season. But it was a, he played... Um, a uh, psychi- uh, psychiatrist, a psychologist, uh, like a, he was almost like a bit of a detective. People, the police brought him in uh, when they didn't know if someone was lying to them, uh, when they oh, were being okay. interrogated, and he was able to uh, basically work out whether they were lying, and it teaches you so much. Fantastic show. Shame that it got cancelled. But anyway, the point is, is that he's a phenomenal actor. However, I don't know too much about his early career. I'm willing to bet this was one of, if not the first thing he did. Um mm. And then obviously Tarantino went and used him again, much like Harvey Cattell. Um, yeah. And, and was Michael Madsen in Pulp Fiction? No, he wasn't. Um, but John Travolta played his brother. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Oh, so, uh, yeah. John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction is the brother of uh, Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dog. I did not know that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so uh, the the yeah, Mr. Blonde is um, one of the Vegas brothers. So uh, yeah. uh, Tarantino was actually planning on making a film about the two of them, but obviously time got away. Travolta's career was massive, and because yeah. obviously spoilers, Travolta and um, Mr. Blonde die in both uh, Reservoir and uh, Pulp Fiction. They once they started to get too old, it was too difficult to pull off. You know, yeah. like. If he hadn't killed them both off, then yeah, great. But it was <laughs> anyway, okay, let's move on. Um, have you ever seen the film Being John Malkovich? No, but I have heard an awful lot about it. Yeah, um, See, I, John Malkovich, funnily enough, I actually watched a film with him in last night. But uh, John Malkovich is probably my least favorite actor of all time, I've and I don't say that about many people. This is the thing that that I've kind of always been part of watching. I'm not a huge fan of John Malkovich. I know that he has done so many films. He's had an incredible career and so many people like him. You know, a lot of people think he's a brilliant actor, but I'm I'm not a fan of his, to be perfectly honest. Um, I absolutely love him in um, Con Air. I absolutely love him in Con Air. It's one of my favourite films. Um, But, you know, I I say I've, I've not... I've not seen a lot of his stuff. I'm not a big fan of him as an actor. I I have to agree with you there. Uh, He just, the only film I've seen him in where I actually enjoy watching him is red. Um, I thought he was very good in that. If you've seen it. Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'll kind of go along with that. Yeah. He he played into, I think he played into the things that I don't like about him. And that's probably why I didn't mind it so much. Um, But yeah, the film I watched yesterday, I don't know if you've ever seen it. The man in the iron mask. Yes, yes, uh, yes, actually. He plays, yeah. he, plays, uh, he plays Athos in it. Yes, um, he does. So, 
He does. It's actually a very good film. Again, that was a film that Sarah introduced me to, uh, I think, maybe years ago. Yeah, no, that is a very good film, actually. It's it's my favourite film about The Three Musketeers. Um, And, you know, and it's... um, Obviously, I know it's about them in their later lives, but... um, Mm. You know, having D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers in, in their later days and all of mm. that, it's just enjoyable. But, you know, I, I don't like Malkovich in it, truth be told, but I forgive it because the rest, of, like Jeremy Irons is in it and Leonardo DiCaprio, you know. Oh, it's such a, and like you said as well, I think, I think I enjoyed it the most because it's a completely different spin on the idea of the Musketeers. 100%. It, it's 100%. kind of, um, as much as I love DC and I absolutely adore Batman, it's kind of, they did a bit of a Ben Affleck with it back in the day. They they didn't they didn't re- try to reboot it from the beginning. They said Absolutely. no. Let's, let's take let's take the idea. Everybody knows the story. Let's do twenty years in the future. Let's see what they're doing. As older well, as older men. That's the thing. And Alexander Dumas actually wrote a sequel um, called Twenty Years After. And as part oh. of that, there was a smaller story involved called The Man in the Iron Mask. Didn't oh. quite, the film didn't quite go the same way, but it was nice that Hollywood decided to do something on one of the smaller stories instead of just, re, like you say, rehashing the Three Musketeers yeah. for a million times. So, um, right. I've been about, am, I, am I right in thinking it was one of DiCaprio's earlier pieces, wasn't it? He did it, if I'm right, I think he did it just after Titanic. Yeah, so I know, I know he was right incredibly after. young when he did it, yeah. so I know that it was an earlier piece for him, yeah. And you know what? I never was a massive fan of DiCaprio when he was younger, but when I talk about his younger films, um, I always forget about that one. And he was actually, considering he had to play two roles in it, I think he did a great job. Mm. So, no, he did uh, very, very well in it, yeah. No, very well in it. Uh, okay, so... Um, I'm just looking at the comments. Um, Rachel, this is fantastic, guys. Bloody well done. Thank you, Rachel. Um, oh, um, um I'm just seeing, I'm just, I'm just reading through. Oh, Corey says he's only seen John Malkovich in Johnny English and Aragon. He was the bad guy. I think he put on a really crappy French accent in uh, Johnny English. Yes, he did. That was a god. Oh, my God. Johnny English was such a good film. But my God, John Malkovich playing a Frenchman was, oh, it was atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, so bad. Oh, and he also adds on that he has seen The Man in the Eye Mask. And, oh, Of Mice and Men, I, that film griped me. It really did. Uh, have you, did you ever watch it in school at all? Um, no, I did. No, I don't know. I don't think we ever did, to be fair. Uh, yeah, John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men was something that I think has been force-fed to most, uh, to at least 80% of uh, English um, literature <laughs> students in the UK. And uh, as part of it, they made a film with Gary Sinise, um, who was Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump, um, oh. and, and John Malkovich. And John Malkovich just, oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, he plays a character in it who's mentally limited. There we go, I'll say that. <laughs> right, um, and, uh, and, and I just kind of remember watching it, as, even as a youngster, I was 15 when I watched it for the first time, thinking... God, I hate you. <laughs> so not, not because of not because of the type of character he played. God no, just because I just remember looking at him thinking, "You make my blood boil." And I'd already seen him in previous films. I think I'd already seen The Man in the Iron Mask, and I'd already seen a few other bits that he'd been. I think I'd already seen Con Air. Um, yeah. and, and I just remember thinking, "My God, you you just piss me off." <laughs> um, so the fact that they then went and made a film called Being John Malkovich, I've never seen it. <laughs> 
<laughs> to go full circle with this whole story why doesn't that surprise me well, there you go i felt like i felt like before i got to the point where i said i hadn't seen it i had to give you a good story as hasn't, to why hasn't john malkovich made a film that's been locked in a vault for like until a stupidly late time in the future yes he did and he worked on it for a very very long time and yeah. it's been put in a vault and it's been told that it can't be opened until like however many hundred years in the future yeah, that, yeah. i mean i just so, it just yeah it just yeah i'm, I'm yeah. no i'm with you just the guy just yeah just does nothing for me oh, i absolutely agree with you um uh if you also being forced to watch it in school yep i feel your pain i really do <laughs> um so okay let's move on to another one um so, oh, okay now here's one that i watched recently that i'm really hoping you've seen in fact i feel like you may have once told me that you love this film, and I apologise okay. if I'm wrong. This will be interesting if it's a cult classic I've seen and you hadn't at the time. Well, exactly, Scarface. Oh, oh man, oh, how how can anyone not like it? I mean, no, come I, on. I, for the record, I loved it. I loved oh, it. But I, I only mean, watched. I only watched. How, how can ago. anyone not like Scarface? Yeah. It is just oh my god, and every. Even if you've never seen it, everybody knows the line. Everybody knows the line. It just, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, um, I, I watched it because, uh, you know, the, one of the things about the the dreaded L word, lockdown, is that, that I have been able <laughs> to, you know, watch a lot more films, especially later on at night, you know, if I can't sleep, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people have been going through recently. Um, you know, and you, you put Sky on, you see what's on, Scarface was on, and I thought, well, there's nothing else on, I'll give it a go. Literally, it started three minutes before. I thought, I'll watch 10 minutes, my usual rule. I'll see how I get on with it. My God, it was a fantastic film. Yeah. Um, Al Pacino just, I mean, he, the, the man continues to blow me away with everything he does. I watched the, I don't know if you've ever seen The Devil's Advocate. Um, yes. with Keanu Reeves. I watched that yeah, recently yeah. as well. I think yeah. that has to be my favourite Al Pacino role ever. Um, okay. Yeah, oh my God. He. I thought he was... I thought the way he played the devil was exactly how... If, if, if the devil was on Earth and he was walking <laughs> around among us, just, I would expect him to Al Pacino, be. yeah. Al Pacino, the way he played it in that film. That's And you know what? No, that, that's cracking casting. I'm sure yeah. he wouldn't be offended by that. Um... But yeah, no, Scarface, amazing film. Um, the, ultimately, it's the it's it's a rise and fall story, isn't it? You know, it's a revenge film in so many senses of the term. Yeah. Um, what what is it about Scarface that you love the most? I just, for me, it's just Al Pacino from start to finish in it. I just absolutely love love the character, like just the way he played the character in it. I just yeah. I think it's. I'd, I would argue it's, and uh, most people I think would probably say it's it's arguably Al Pacino's greatest uh, kind of achievement in terms of film, oh, and yeah. he's done a lot of films, and there's a lot of his stuff that I have thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but I just think Scarface, it just kind of it just has that edge on anything he's ever done. I just think he's absolutely brilliant in it, and the film itself, I just think was a very it was a very cleverly written and made film. It's just yeah. absolutely brilliant, and I. I there's not very many films that I can, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I did a level media studies. So I've kind of, I've kind of got that mind a bit like you to pick apart films and yeah, pick yeah. fault and pick, er, pick out errors in them. And I think Scarface is one of the very few films where I struggle to pick out anything I disliked about it. Nice. 
mighty strong words, but fair play. A film that I feel like uh, it could be applied to. Uh, Flying Fish. Uh, am I being thick? What is the line? Danny, give us the line. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. Great. Good. Say hello to my little friend. How can... Oh. Come on. How can how can no one know that? <laughs> right, as he holds the Tommy gun or machine gun yes. and just shoots the yes, shit out exactly. of everything. Absolutely annihilates everybody through the doors. I mean, oh, yes, that one. <laughs> there we go. I think people know it now. People know it now. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if if you didn't understand my really bad acting and impersonation of it, just just YouTube it. You'll you'll oh, understand. No, I, more. Think, I think I'll give you your credit there. That was a pretty good impression. Well, thank so, you very much. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Have you seen the film Donnie Darko? No, I haven't. Well, neither have I. So we'll move on. Um, <laughs> um, okay, we've got two here that are back to back. There are two more Tarantinos. I'll tell you what, we'll come back to it because we've already done Tarantino. Okay, yeah. Now, there is one person in this... Oh, uh, Flying Fish. I love Donnie Darko. Well, you'll have to give us a few reasons as to why to watch it um, because, <laughs> I mean, up until recently, I was not a fan of Jake Gyllenhaal, so it would take a lot to persuade me to want to go back and watch him in his earlier days. I, uh, I, 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 I kind of get that. I've never been a huge fan of his either. Yeah. Have, you seen him in, have you seen him in Spider-Man Far From Home? Really liked him. Oh my god, great in that, wasn't really, it? Yeah, the, 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 the on you can just tell the chemistry that him and Tom Holland had was it was natural. It was them two together was phenomenal. That was that was a very good bit of casting. Yeah, he was a bit like um he was a bit like Leonardo DiCaprio. I feel like he's kind of like got better, he's a bit like a fine wine, you know, aged yeah, well. Yeah. It's um, almost yeah, it's almost like he's matured into his films a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. And a bit more, yeah. Um, and also, Corey has just thrown in Nightcrawler. I've not seen Nightcrawler, but I have heard good things. So um, I will add that to my list. Um, okay, so we'll come back to the two Tarantino... Remind me, two Tarantino films. Um, okay, yeah. okay, next one. I know there's someone in this uh, in, in here who will uh, have a lot to say about this one. Number 33 on this list is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, the... the uh, the film that is directed by Tim Burton that's not directed by Tim Burton, as everyone always thinks it is, um, you're going to tell me you've not seen it. No, I'm going to tell you I have seen it. Ah, and you're going to tell me that you don't like it? I'm afraid so. Yeah, that's all right. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, um, oh I, I watched it for the first I, time. I and... thought we were actually going to have a fallout live on air then. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, here we go. Here we go. And the comments are coming in. How dare you? So, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, do you know, I watched it at Halloween and I just couldn't get into it. I just couldn't get into it. It was, um, no. I, admittedly, I watched it straight after Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, and, or was it before? No, 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 that's a lie. That's a lie. I watched that first and then watched Rocky Horror Picture Show. And that kind of just like, you know, made the whole night so better. You, you watched Rocky Horror Picture Show to make up for the fact you just watched Exactly. <laughs> the yeah. music's good. And you know what? Yeah, you know what? Uh, oh, no, wrong one. Uh, Flying Fish, the music is fab. I have to admit, I do love my Disney songs and yeah. the music. Whenever the music comes on, I'll never skip the songs from. Yeah, um, no, I, I, I will. I will go along with that. And yourself and Flying Fisher, the music is it is brilliant music, and it's typical Disney. To be fair, the music typifies it. But oh yeah, a hundred percent. 
But yes, yeah. uh, yes, uh, Ithil, you are right. Produced by Tim Burton, directed by Henry Selick. Uh, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know why. It just wasn't, just wasn't my cup of tea. Just really wasn't. I do have to agree with you. It's just not. I don't. I've never quite understood either. I don't. I, I, I kind of do, but I don't quite understand why people go so mad for it being an actual Christmas film. Yeah, yeah. I know it's in the title, but I don't understand why people only like, oh, we've got to watch it at Christmas. But now that I've seen it, yeah, now that I've seen it, I can honestly say, although Christmas is an element in it, I personally wouldn't consider it a Christmas film because it's clearly all about Halloween and it goes out of its way to freak you out, not bring you warm Christmas cheer. Well, not in my opinion anyway, but then again, I didn't even like the film, so my opinion... I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but I know there's at least been a theory that um, Nightmare Before Christmas and uh, I want to say... There's two other films that are very similar and they're Tim Burton's. They're supposed to be... Is it Caroline, Caroline, whatever it's called? Is that one of them? Yeah, and uh, I can't re- I can't remember the name of them. Oh, Corp- Corpse Bride, is that one oh, of them? Corpse Bride, yes. And of they're, they're all supposed to be linked, aren't they? They're all supposed to kind of follow on from each other in, in, in a sense. But yeah, just no. Oh, just Oh, Ithil's just put me in my place. It isn't Tim Burton, fine. But yes, uh Oh, but it is Henry Selick. There you go. There's the confusion. Oh, so the person, okay. the yeah, directed okay. Nightmare Before Christmas did direct Coraline, but Tim Burton did do. Uh, it, yeah, Cold Fried. Yeah, there we go. We, we're getting. We're getting. This, this is why having people <laughs> commenting throughout. Um, oh, okay. That's an interesting Frank and Weenie. That uh, was it. That, that's, that's the other one it. I was thinking of. That yeah. was it. That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, and there's. I know that there's a. Uh, um, a, a, a kind of theory that that Corpse Bride and Nightmare are all kind of intertwined with each other somehow. Um, I don't quite understand how because I've I've seen Corpse Bride. I've never seen Frank and Weenie, but I'll be even Corpse Bride isn't a big a big hit with me if I'm honest. Yeah, I I'm not a fan of any of that kind of animation. Truth be told, it just kind of always creeps me out a little bit. So. Mm. But, you know, I'm sure they're good films. Don't shoot me. (laughs) Uh, Let's move on before we lose uh, listeners and viewers. Uh, Okay, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, the whole Monty Python series. Oh, my God, Monty Python. Just, oh, yeah. You just, I love, I just, I love the old type of comedy anyway. Any, any kind of comedy from, from that era is fantastic. But Monty Python, they just, they tested so many boundaries. Yeah, and they did. I mean, the, the, I mean, the Holy Grail. I mean, you know, I, I mean that and um, Life of Brian. I mean, how many people did they tick off? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why I like Monty Python so much. I think I think it was very daring humour uh, for its time, oh. especially. Um, and you know, there are elements of Monty Python that I do genuinely find funny. But what's interesting is that I actually find, uh, in particular, John Cleese and Eric Idle funnier outside of Monty Python. I felt like Monty Python was unique and mm-hmm. it was funny. But for me, I actually enjoyed like John Cleese in Forty Towers is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Eric yeah. Idle, Eric Idle did a play. Um, I think it's called There's Something About Dick. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's got like all of his regulars in it. It's got Tim Curry, uh, Eddie Izzard pops up in it. Uh, I can't remember the other famous. Oh my God, I cried. 
I cried really? and it hurt. It made me laugh so much. Um, so, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was hilarious. And it, I remember thinking at the time, like, this is Eric Idle that's created this, yet there's nothing he did in Monty Python that made me laugh quite like this. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, like, don't get me wrong, not knocking Monty Python, absolutely love it. Very funny content. Uh, but I also am of the opinion that I feel like the actors within did, for me, funnier content. Mm -hmm. I'm being careful with what I yeah. say here. Uh, yeah. Did funnier content outside of Monty Python. But nonetheless... Okay, yeah, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's, that's fair. Like you said, John Cleese in Faulty Towers is, again, it's it's classic comedy. It's the comedy that oh like, I, I kind of grew up with, like, watch, you know, when I spent time with my grandparents and that. So yeah. I kind of... I have a real affinity for that type of comedy and not giving away what I do as a, as a job, because it's, you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. But no, it's I, not. I love, I love the irony in um, the life of Brian. Um, uh, always look on the bright side of life and believe it or not, it's actually a very popular song choice. Is it? I can imagine why actually. I yeah. And it, it, it really just adds an element of kind of fun. Should I say yeah. to what I do? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, just going through. Oh, uh, really quickly, just going back a few steps. Uh, Ithil said, uh, Frank and Weenie is the main character. When the main character is a kid, Corpse Bride is when he's an adult. And the night before, Nightmare Before Christmas is when he's dead. Ah, so, yeah. Hey, uh, yeah. Um, and, then, and then she shoots us because obviously. About <laughs> uh, Tis but a scratch. Um, so many <laughs> themes from that film alone. Uh, your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. Uh, she turned me into a newt. I got better. Uh, you know, uh, he's not the messiah. He's a very, very naughty boy. <laughs> there you go. It's worth it for the quotes alone. Uh, okay. Let's move on to something a bit different. Um... I'm just having a look down the list, seeing what we've got. Um, let, oh, here's one. Flash Gordon. Have you ever seen? Yes, I have seen it, and I'm proud to say I've seen this film. Good. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, it's one of those films that I do really quite enjoy. But it falls into that category for me that I'm not sure I should enjoy it. I get that. I get because that. Because when you when you realistically think about it, it isn't it isn't a fantastic film. It's a it's actually a quite a a poor film. But I think that's yeah. But it it kind of it's the element of it being a poor film that I love about it. Well, following <laughs> off what Meeplebops has just said here. Uh, I loved Brian Blessed. Yes. That, that, let's be honest, that's the key thing about the film. Yes, I, was, um, I was in Manchester for a Comic-Con um, last December, and he was there. Um, and I met him and Sam J. Jones. I got a photo with a pair of them. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wonderful to meet them and have a chat with them and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, when, before all of this, he was on the main stage being interviewed, and there was loads of people watching, you know, blah, blah. And they said to him, can you say the line? And they just held the microphone to him. And this massive stadium was just filled with, as uh, Corey has just said, Gordon's alive, you know. Oh. And it was, it was amazing to hear it in person from yeah. the man himself echoing from wall to wall around this stadium. For me, it has to be one of the greatest in-person experiences I've had in my life so far. And I can it, I can imagine that, yeah. It's uh it's just incredible. He he made the film, and I think I think the film made him. 
you know so yeah I, yeah I think yeah I think they they did kind of make each other didn't they kind of I think Brian Blessed before then and even since to be fair is probably perhaps more known for his kind of like theatre work I think yeah yeah but I mean he's he's one of those voices very much um a little bit off topic but like David Attenborough you hear the voice you know instantly yeah. who it is Morgan you know no matter what they do, yeah, yeah. yeah all of them Absolutely. yeah Absolutely with you there. Um, okay. Um, I am just having a scroll through, seeing what else we've got. I want to... Oh, my God. Going back on to Tim Burton, but it's a worthwhile going back on to Tim Burton. Okay. Mars Attacks. The what, sorry? Uh, Mars Attacks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Have you seen? Uh, I've seen. Yeah. I, 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 love. I can somewhat get behind people that do like it. It's not my cup of tea, but I can get behind it. See, I Tim Burton's a good director. He's not yeah. my all-time favourite director. In fact, he'd probably sit exactly on 50-50 on the list because he's done yeah. just as many films that I don't like as what he has done. Mm. But this is at the top of the list for me. I feel like okay. this film tapped into my kind of humour. It was silly, but it was, it was quite clever at the same time. But the thing that really impressed me the most was the incredible cast it had. Michael yeah. J. Fox, Jack Nicholson, Pierce Brosnan, Sarah Jessica Parker. All right, not so incredible, but still, um, you know, um, a, a very young Natalie Portman, um, you know, Danny DeVito uh, just got such, even Tom Jones was in it for crying out loud. And he, yeah. he was quite, you know, uh, I, I, as, as, as people are, here we go. Fantastic film. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yes. Funny film. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Amazing, amazing film. So yeah, um, I think, I think it's fair to say Mars Attacks, if you're not a massive Tim Burton fan, hopefully Mars Attacks would be one that you would be willing to say, yeah, it's all right. You know, so I, I, I will say again, I'm I'm not a big fan of Tim Burton stuff, um, but I, I, I would as much as I don't like the film all that much, I would say I would definitely say it's definitely one of Burton's better better films that well, he's made i've been willing to say that just on tim burton very quickly my favorite film that he's ever been involved with was um his take on sweeney todd with johnny depp uh, interesting and i've got to be, i've got to be honest i say i i I've, that is my favorite take on sweeney todd ever i think it was an absolutely fantastic film interesting i wasn't such a fan of it okay. <laughs> um i didn't dislike it I didn't. It's a 50 50 film for me. It's honestly, yeah. it's 50 50. I didn't dislike it. I adore Helena Bonham Carter. So yeah. it was worth watching her. Johnny Depp, I love too. So again, worth watching for him. It had all the it had all the things that I should like in it. And not, apart, not forgetting apart, Alan Rickman. If we don't mention Alan Rickman, we well, would both yeah. be I know. Alan Rickman was wonderful in it, like it was in everything he was in. And you know what? I might actually do an entire podcast at some point just on Alan Rickman because there is so I could I could honestly fill an hour talking about Alan Rickman. You know what? I think oh, I might. Yeah. I think yeah. I'll do an episode this season talking about yes, Alan Rickman. No, but no, please, please do. I think, yeah, I think most most people that are into films could probably easily fill an hour just on Alan Rickman. Yeah. Um, Corey has just made a massive. Oh, there we go. Do it. There we go. Okay, the Alan Rickman uh, podcast is happening. More than fair. <laughs> um, it has now, unfortunately, been five years since bless him, he passed. It was this week. Five years yesterday. Has it five really years. Been five years. Actually, five years do you yesterday. know what? Me and you actually going off topic. Me and you were actually having lunch 
when we yeah. got the news. I yeah, we've we gone out for lunch from work. And I remember, I remember get yes, I remember getting the news. It was, it became a very solemn lunch very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah, uh, Corey has made a cracking point though that I forgot, and I have to. I'm going to agree with him here. Tim Burton's best film, which also has Alan Rickman in it, is Alice in Wonderland for me. Oh, um, great film. I've I was never a fan of the story. I was never a fan of the film, but I uh, the, sorry, not the, the animated film. But I I do have to say actually, I am solely with Corey on that. The the first Alice in Wonderland was absolutely fantastic. Not such a good it, sequel, but it, um, it, it, it visually was incredible. The 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 story was fantastic, and I mean that Johnny Depp's Mad Hatter was just absolute. Oh, just oh, yeah, 100%. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good um, yeah, very good shout. Very good shout. Okay, let's talk about train spotting. Okay. I watched this for the first time about two years ago. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of people hype it up, you know. Um I liked it. I liked it, but it was I found quite a disturbing film, if I'm honest. Um have you seen yeah. it? Yeah, I actually, to be fair, I think me and you maybe watched this around about the same time because um, I, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't seen it, and I know a lot of people had bigged it up. Um, but I I kind of watched it. Um, I mean, I, I really I love you and McGregor. I love Robert Carlyle anyway. I love the, I oh, think they're both yeah. phenomenal actors. Um, yeah. So I mean, for them to alone, it was worth watching. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I did enjoy it, but it was it was um it's not the sort of film that you can watch lightheartedly. You have to you have to be in the mood to kind of sit and get through it without stopping. Um, yeah, but, but, sure. but no, yeah, but no, it, I think it was a good film. I think it deserves to be on any list for a cult classic, certainly. For sure. No, I'm, I'm, I am I with did, you there. I, can I just slide in um, purely for, for Sarah's sake, because we, we argue about this. Now, I'm not a fan of this film, but it is a cult classic, and that's The Goonies. Well, funnily enough, guess what was straight after Train Spotting? Goonies, there we go. <laughs> it was meant to be. Number 82 is train spotting, and number 83 is the Goonies. There we uh, go. And I, the next <laughs> film I was about to come on to, so well done. Um, <laughs> go on, then. Yeah, I, the Goonies. Goonies. I, don't, I, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I don't know. I, there's just something about it. I, I, I could never. I could just never get behind it. I, it's, it's a good film. It's a funny film. For the you know, it was the, it was a typical film for the era that it came out. Uh, hey, you guys! Obviously, you know it's one of those lines that everybody knows. The memes that come from it: truffle shuffle, um, going to set some booty traps. You know, it's for you know, it's um, it's a good film, and I know people love it, but I just I have to. I, I'm sorry to upset people, and I'm sorry that it could cause divorce. It's that bad, um, but it has to go on my list of some, one of my least favorite films. I have to say, I think it's incredibly overrated. Yes, that I think I think that is my biggest problem with it is that I don't quite get all the hype with it. Oh, I'm with you there. I am actually with you there, 100. percent But I did promise Sarah that we were doing cult classics, and oh, I would mention it for her. So, uh, <laughs> a very young, a very young Thanos, Josh Brolin, was in it. Yes, um, so, yeah, he, he played the uh, big brother, didn't he? Okay. Um, have you ever seen Big Trouble in Little China? No. No, neither have I. That's fine. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. 
Oh God, yes, yeah, I've seen this. Uh, yes. Oh, love, love the film. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, fantastic film. Matthew Roderick being Matthew Roderick. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was kind of we were talking about um, being John Malkovich earlier. That that should have been titled being Matthew Roderick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, okay, here's an here's an interesting one. Um, Apocalypse Now. I think I have seen this. Marlon Brando, uh, Martin Sheen, the war, the, the, the war film, the uh, the, yes. the Vietnam. Um, I have yes, I have seen this. Yes, I have seen it I, many many years ago. I was I was probably pre teenager when I I saw it. Um, I'll be honest, I, yeah, I, yeah, I can't I can't remember an awful lot about it. I know it is a very intense film, which is probably why I don't remember much of it being pre-teens. But, um, but no, yeah, I, I know that it has. Again, it does have quite a big, quite a big following. Quite a lot of you know fans that do that do love it as a film. So, yeah. and also the famous quote, "I love the smell of napalm yeah. in the morning." Um, okay, right, we'll do a few more, um, and then we'll. Oh, oh my God, you are not going to guess what has just come up on the list. Go on, take a guess. Take a guess what's just come up on this list. <laughs> Go on, surprise me. <laughs> the Shawshank bloody redemption. Yes! Ah, <laughs> oh, now this, this is one of those times where me right. and you definitely disagree. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think we'll we'll make this the last film on the uh, on the uh, list because well, obviously we have one, we have one more uh, area that I promised you we'll discuss. Um, yes, and we have the double Tarantino you want to touch on quickly. Oh yes, we will. We'll do that as well. But uh, yeah, here we go. See, Ithil knows already from previous podcasts. Oh I, no, you know, I, I, I am going to be. I'm just going to get it out there. I honestly, this is not everyone's favourite film at all. It is. It is not a very. It's not even a well-known film. It's not. Oh, I don't know about that. I think it's pretty well known. I think, I think it's the most overrated film of all time. Oh. <laughs> and, and I think, I think, oh. I think if it was a person, I'd slap it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I for one, I mean, I mean, well, you know, it is my all-time favorite film. I just, <laughs> I just. I just, I, I do, I don't, I've never known what it is. I just remember seeing it for the first time again as a pre-teenager and it's every time I watch it, it just grows on me more and more. Um, I mean, to be fair, to the point, you very generously gave me a Stilbert version as a wedding present of the film. So now, now, but now I'm starting to think that was just your ploy to get rid of it because you didn't actually like it. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no, come on! I, 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 I thought that in good faith. All right, so yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I, uh, I, I know, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea. I, I, I really know that. But I, no one will ever convince me that it is not a great film. No, that's fair. Um, right, I've just scrolled down this list, and I won't lie. There's a few films on here that I would be very upset if I didn't mention. Uh, so okay. I'm going to just do a few more, if that's all right. Um, yeah. We might run slightly over an hour, but not by much, only by five, ten minutes. Um, okay, so um, we have got next. Oh, I've lost the list. I apologize. Here we go. Uh, so we've done that. We've done uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's an honorable mention. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Yes, I have. 
Oh, I think that might be Tarantino's second greatest film. That for me is above pop fiction. See, this this is this is another where this is another area we may disagree on because I'm not a big fan of it. If I'm honest, I, I'm not a not a big fan. Is it, I want to say is it Christopher Waltz? I want to say Christopher Waltz. Yep. Yeah, I think he is fantastic in it. I think he is for me is the saving grace of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, no. so, yeah. <laughs> All right, okay, we'll, we'll move on from that one. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, right, um, Goodfellas. I've never seen it. If I've got to be brutally honest, I've never seen that. Okay, uh, good film, worth a watch. Bit long, but good film. Um, but for me, my issue is, and I've mentioned this in previous. Um, uh, podcast there we go come on ross um in previous podcasts i have said that i feel like robert de niro there was a period of time about 20 years where every robert de niro film was the same robert de niro film and that's yeah. nothing against him as an actor i just felt he played this where is al pacino scarface um godfather um the uh the one that i meant um oh god's sake the one with him no, 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 not Apocalypse Now. The one with him and Keanu Reeves that I mentioned only 15 minutes ago. And it's popped <laughs> out of my head. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> how was it called? Um, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Al Pacino. The Devil's Advocate. There we go. That's I knew there was the an way. A in there somewhere. <laughs> Devil's Advocate. Thank you. Um... Yes, we, so, are, we are professionals, promise. <laughs> yeah, somewhere along the lines. Uh, yeah, no, Al Pacino, I felt like he stood out in every film that he did. Mm. Whereas um, whereas uh, Robert De Niro, I felt like it was just a bit samey. So Goodfellas doesn't really stand out to me for that reason. Okay, just on the subject of Robert De Niro, actually, there was a film, um, my dad isn't a big filmy, um, but one of his favourite films is a very, very young Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken film, and that's Deer Hunter. Deer Hunter with Meryl Streep as well. Great yes. film. And, Great uh, film. and I, I, I will say, anybody that hasn't watched it but is willing to give it the time of day, please watch it because it is an, oh, yes. it's very intense, but it is an incredible film. It really oh, is. I and agree it, with you. For me, for me, I do think it is one of Robert De Niro's best ever pieces. And I'm willing to bet it's on this list somewhere as well, if I'm honest. It, because it, it's it, a, a, list of four, a list of 400, I would imagine it probably it's Yeah, I, I would, I'd, yeah, I hope it's on there, to be fair, yeah. Oh, look, Danny, Blast from the Past. Here we go. Vicky Matthews. Bauer flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Bauer um, reunion. Bauer reunion, <laughs> like the old days. Um, <laughs> hello, Vicky. Thanks for tuning in. Um, okay, uh, Corey, saying about Al Pacino, Heat and Ocean's 13. I have to say, oh, Heat is a great yeah. film. Yeah, Heat is a great film. And I, w I, do, I will give a shout out to all of the Ocean, uh, Oceans 11, 12 and 13. I think well, they, that, <laughs> um, not all of them, 11, 12 and 13. It's not a terrible film, but it's certainly not on par with, uh, I mean, especially... I've, I've, Sorry, I've not. not seen I've not seen Oceans Eight to be fair. Uh, you're not missing out, but it's worth a watch, I guess. Um, okay, Oceans, I, I Oceans... Eleven, twelve, and thirteen—they are some of my favourite films. Actually, I, I really I, do like them. And I'm with you there. Eleven and thirteen in particular. I yeah. think I think thirteen. I mean, Al Pacino was definitely one of the highlights of thirteen. Yeah. The fact that they got him involved—it was just you know brilliant. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. 
Okay, let's just do a few more really quickly. Oh my god, speaking of Alan Rickman, have you ever seen Galaxy Quest? No. Oh my god, probably one of his best films. Really? Uh, yeah, 100%. Other than maybe Robin Hood, it was one of his best films. I was just about yeah. to say, special special mention is Robin Hood with Kevin Costner. That is... Oh, oh. my goodness, he was incredible in that film. Yes, um, he was. Yeah, Galaxy Quest is uh, is fantastic. Um, definitely worth giving a go. Right, we're going to make this the last one of the... Um, of the things, uh, the other two, the two Tarantino films were Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. Okay. Uh, so uh, we've already kind of really tucked into Pulp Fiction. I like it. I don't. I, I think it's a bit overrated, but I do think it's a great film. Uh, yeah. Kill Bill. I'm a. I'm with the same attitude. Actually, I think it's great. Just a bit overrated. Um, yeah. No, I, I would agree. I think Pulp Fiction, very good film uh, for the time it was made. Very, very good film. Um, but no, I'm, yeah, I think that and Kill Bill, I, I think especially Volume 2, I actually think let it down a bit. I, I think Kill Bill Volume 1 was it was a good film, but I think Volume yeah. 2 is where mm -hmm. it becomes um, overrated, to be honest. Okay, that's cool. No, that's cool. Right, last one then. American Psycho. <sighs> I mean, is, can, 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 can I say I think it's one of Christine Bale's best performances? I think it's one of the best films I've ever seen. <laughs> like so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. And considering he wasn't, um, he wasn't the first choice for the role either. I don't believe. I don't know who. Do you know who was? I can't. No, I actually, I actually read. I was reading about it the other day. He wasn't the first choice. If anybody's watching and can help us out, um, but I, yeah, I know he wasn't the first choice for the role, and he he actually had to fight for the role and essentially uh... prove himself. And thankfully, he he did because it is one of his greatest performances. And like you said, it's probably one of the best films that's ever been made. It's just wacky and crazy. And do you know what the thing? Do you know what the thing I like about it? I've watched a lot of films, as you as you know, as, <laughs> as, as, as a lot of people know. That's why I made a podcast about it. But no, <laughs> I, I think I, you know what I've watched a lot of films, and yet this is maybe ah, thank you, Flying Fish. There's the yes. answer to your question. Yes. I knew it was, I knew obviously back then it, he wasn't a big name, but I knew it was a, a big name actor that was originally um, yeah. thought of for the role. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's one of those films that I still don't have an answer to as to what exactly happens. And I mean that in you know, obviously the way the story goes. And you can, I've, had, I've had people, one of my friends, Emma, recently messaged me and said, right, I finally watched American Psycho. Can you please explain to me? Um <laughs> You know, and I'm like, I'll talk to you about it when I can talk to you about it in person next, which still hasn't happened. But yeah. uh, I, I'm still trying to decide what the answer to that that kind of question it's is. It's kind of, um, I think in that respect, it's kind of a bit like the, the ending to Inception. You, no matter how many times you try to process it, you're yeah, just sat there going, there. Yeah, what, exactly. what, 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 what the F? <laughs> like, seriously. Um, so Vicky has sent in a question, which I'm glad because this is the first question we've kind of had. Um, so okay. I'm really happy that we've, we've got it. So I'm going to put it up now. What is your favourite Robin Williams film to both of oh. you? Uh, this is an easy one for me. Absolute easy one for me. Yeah, easy one. Oh, my God. Um I'm, for me, it's for me, it's it's a joint. It's a joint effort. Um, now, I'm, I'm, I think I'm 100 percent in saying Mrs. Doubtfire. 
Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anyone that has ever seen that film and not liked it. I think it. Oh, I know just, a few. I know, I know a few. Really? I know a few people. I, I oh. spoke to someone recently. I don't remember who. Otherwise, I'd name and shame them. Um, okay, uh, yes. I mean, if if they're on your friends list on Facebook, remove them. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. For me as well. Uh, another film again. My dad, not a big filmy, but another film that my dad recommended to me a few years ago was Good Morning Vietnam. And oh, okay. um, oh my god, I just, I just Robin Williams in it is just absolutely phenomenal, absolutely fantastic. I have never seen it to my shame. Okay. Okay. I, will, I, I, I own it. it. I own it. I cut. I will let you off. I will let you off. But no, please. If you, I mean, you love Robin Williams. Please watch it. It is incredible. Uh, and special, special mention him as the genie in Aladdin. Oh yeah. Well, I was going to throw in a special mention to um, uh, him in Goodwill Hunting. I was having a conversation oh, with somebody the other day about yeah. him. that monologue he gives when he's talking about his wife. Um, and you know, like you know, you, you know all about Michelangelo and his work. Yeah. Have, you ever, have you ever smelled yeah. the Sistine Chapel? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I, th I think right. I think one of the greatest things about that man was his. Um, uh, it was just his ability to improvise on the spot. Yeah. Oh, Jumanji! Jumanji's got to get a yeah. That's got to have a mention. Bicentennial Man too, cracking film. I very much. If you've not seen Bicentennial Man, highly recommend it. I would also recommend to anyone that hasn't seen it is Patch Adams. I have not seen that in years, but a good fun film. Have Patch you ever Adams is a very light-hearted film, and it is it is it is brilliant. Have you ever seen the film Jack? Yes. Ah, uh, where he plays the kid that grows up quicker than what he. Uh, <laughs> yes. Film. Uh, yeah. One hour photo, also a good film. Uh, very dark, very dark. Mm. Uh, he showed his uh, his range of acting in that film. Yeah. So. Yeah, so yeah, Vicky, to uh, go back to your question, uh, what was your favourite Robin Williams? I think we've uni universally agreed on, or unanimously agreed, sorry, on uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah. with, whilst considering so many others. Uh, yeah, Vicky, absolutely. let us know what your favourite Robin Williams film is. We want to know the answer to that. Um, so before we go, we have got, well, I've got two things to say. We've still got, we'll okay. give it another, yeah, so... Danny, you had uh, when we spoke about what you were going to discuss. There was another topic that you wanted to breach, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and we're going to breach that subject in a second. What I will also like to throw out there is to our audience who have been watching and listening throughout this so far. Any other questions you have for us that we can quickly answer that you'd like to know the answers to, then please throw us your questions. Vicky has also just quickly said, "What are your thoughts on Adam Sandler? What is the best character he has played?" Uh, for me. It was, oh, and also her favourite is Mrs. Doubtfire. So there we go. High fives all round. There um, we go. <laughs> the answer to that question, I'm not a massive fan of Adam Sandler, but Little Nicky, where he plays Harvey Cattell's son, um, is just, he plays the son of the devil, uh, genius film, hilarious, the greatest film Adam Sandler's ever done. I've, I must admit, I'm a, yeah, same as you. I'm not a huge fan of his, um, but one of the one of my favourite films he's ever done, um, and it will bug me because I can't think of the name of it. But he did a the first film he did with Jennifer Aniston. Um, it was sort of a, it was a bit of a rom com, and just go no, not just go with it. Uh, what was it called? Oh no, was it just go with it? I, know. I can't remember. I honestly can't remember. But again, it was a film that's kind of. Yeah, I'm not usually I'm not usually into the rom com sort of stuff. Um, but again, it was a film I watched oh. with Sarah, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Wedding I think he might have done Wedding Singer as well. No, he done yes, was Drew Barrymore, wasn't it? That was Drew Barrymore. But yeah, he did yeah. do Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston. That's on Netflix. That's a very good film. I did enjoy that. Oh, okay. Highly recommend. Um, really quickly, Corey has asked us what our favourite Western film is. Um, good question. Mine would mm -hmm. have to be... Mine would have to be The 310 to Yuma, the remake with Russell Crowe and Christian Bale. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a very good shout, actually. Um, I'll be honest; I've not I've not actually watched a great deal of Western films. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go the same as you, Ross. On that, on the basis I've not watched a lot of westerns, I'm, I will probably have to go with that one. To be fair, yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. I, I'm I'm a big mm. fan of classic westerns as well. Uh, the original Magnificent Seven. The remake isn't bad, but the original is better. Um, you know, any anything with uh, there's a cracking um western that Sam Raimi directed in '95 called The Quick and the Dead. It has Russell Crowe, Gene Hackman, Leo DiCaprio, uh, Sharon Stone, very young Leo DiCaprio. I think it might have been his second film role. Um, yeah. he plays like a Billy the Kid type character. The whole film's like a Russian roulette, like you know, pistols at dawn kind of film. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Seth MacFarlane's A Million Ways to Die in the West as well. Um, oh, there we go. And Vicky's just said it as well. Uh, yeah, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Um, and also The Wild Wild West with Will Smith. I, I have a guilty pleasure for that film. <laughs> um, however, Corey has just reminded me of a film that I should have mentioned because I didn't, and I'm, I'm disgusted that I didn't say it, Tombstone. Tombstone probably is on par with 310 to humor, if not slightly better. Tombstone, um, Wyatt Earp, um, and all that lot. Uh, Val Kilmer, um, uh, Kurt Russell, um, Bill Paxton. Great film. Very long, but very accurate of its time. Just well made. Just an, a well made film. Hmm. Um, and really quickly, Flying Fish has asked, favourite film of all time? Well, mine's Mrs. Doubtfire, and I think you've already answered yours, Danny. What is I it? I have indeed. Shawshank, <laughs> Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> you hear that, everyone? The Shawshank Redemption is Danny's <laughs> favourite film. Yes, uh, okay. I, get, I get it. People are going to hate on me for it. I don't no, care. I don't, no, no, no. People aren't going to hate on you for it. Just me. Um, so... <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, Forget I asked. Oh, there we go. Forget I asked. There we go. Um, okay, so last quick uh, subject that you wanted to tackle was, um, and I know that there are a few. Uh, oh, no, just, just, just get, just no. Yes, no. Vicky. <laughs> Last subject you wanted to tackle was Disney. What have they done with Star Wars and whether people like their films? <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, I think I was um, the same as everybody else um, that kind of loved Star Wars. When it was announced mm -hmm. Disney had kind of taken it on, I think everybody went, oh, dear God, they're, they're just going to milk it for all it's worth and they're going to ruin it. Um, I have to be honest, on the whole, I actually think they've, I don't want to say made it better, but I think they've certainly added to it. Um, okay. I think the the two that I, I wouldn't include in that would be Last Jedi and Solo for me personally. Okay. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Solo, mainly because I didn't like the actor that played a young Han Solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, but I think Rogue One was phenomenal. 
Um, Force Awakens was incredible. And I have to say, um, Mando, I didn't jump on the bandwagon and watch it instantly. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched season one, liked it, but wasn't blown away. But season two is easily up there with one of my favorite TV shows ever. Um, And I I have to say, they were originally made for kids. I'm aware of that. However, Clone Wars animated series and Rebels are even Rebels. Not everybody's favorite, but I give it the time of day. If you're a Star Wars fan, I would say give it the time of day because the arc that they have with Darth Maul is fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you there on most of everything you said, actually. Um, I... Uh, there we go. Yeah, like Rebels, and also haven't seen Solo. Can't comment, but special shout out to Mando. So look, Clone Wars was done when Lucasfilm was still in charge, and they yeah. absolutely were right. I think it was the last thing they did properly before Disney took over. They absolutely, you're right. The Darth Maul story was was spot on. Mm. Um, Rebels, I didn't like. It took me a long time to get involved in, with Rebels. Glad I did. Just took me a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, Force Awakens is my third favorite Star Wars film. Um, okay, yeah. I, I have my my top three Star Wars films are actually from each of the three trilogies. So my top is Empire. No, I, I know. Just very quickly, I've got a funny feeling that your three are the same as my three as well. Well, my three are Empire, Revenge, and Force Awakens. And that's, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My three yeah. as well yeah, in, 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 um, in exactly the same order. Well, there you go. There you go. Well, well high five. Well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, 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 you know, that that Star Wars for me, Force Awakens nailed it, absolutely nailed it. Last Jedi ruined it. You, you, you couldn't have gone from one big extreme to the other than you did with Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. However, the nice bridge in between was Rogue One. I thought Rogue One was a fantastic film. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. it Rogue was. One, Rogue One for me, I didn't realize I needed the gap to be bridged between. Revenge oh, yeah. and New Hope until I watched Rogue One. And after I'd watched it, I just sat there and went, I'm so glad they made it. Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Um, Solo, I don't think is a bad film. I just don't know why they made it. Um, however, yeah. they do give us our taste of live action brought back Darth Maul, which is what I will always be grateful to the film for. Yes. Because we have obviously that cameo from Ray Park and Darth Maul at the end. And that for them was, uh, for me, was, uh, you know, that, that made the film worth it. Yeah. Uh, that, that and Amelia Clark, of course. Um, but uh, <laughs> as Flying Fish says, money, money, money. Yeah, the irony is it made them none. It made them no money whatsoever. They, they, really? they Yeah. So their original plan was to release a Star Wars film every December. And then they released it. They bought it forward and they released it five months after The Last Jedi. What they didn't expect was The Last Jedi to bomb the way it did. People hated Last Jedi. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, not at all. But this is where Disney got it so wrong. They, they expected people, because the reviewers were so... Like, people gave... Uh, the review, film reviews gave The Last Jedi the kind of, um, um, you know, accolades, I guess nothing like what they had given to empire strikes back you know like last jedi is almost i think might be the second highest rated film by film reviews in the star wars uh really? yes however wow. um however uh ultimately at the same time um 
anyway, they 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 thought they thought it was a success, blah blah blah. Everyone hated it, um, and then they bought you know solo forward by it was about six months, I think. You know, June July time it came out, and uh, and it bombed, and it bombed. It didn't even make back its budget in the end. Wow. And you you went from Force Awakens, which became one of the highest grossing films of all time, to to obviously um, this solo film, which wasn't terrible. It certainly wasn't as bad as Last Jedi. In my no, 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 no. I, I don't think it was a bad film. I just don't. I just kind of th for me, it was yeah. Disney. It was Disney milking it. I, it wasn't a needed film. I don't think. To repeat the comments from before. It, yeah. So, so yeah. sums it up. You know, money, money, agree, money. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, look, look, Rise of Skywalker, they tried to pull it back. And Rise of Skywalker sits somewhere in the middle for me. Not a bad film, but story-wise, yeah. they were trying to put too much into one film to kind of like basically make up for the crap that Last Jedi caused. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, Mandalorian. I mean, they couldn't. I mean, Mandalorian for me, other than The Force Awakens, I would happily replace everything Disney did post Force Awakens with Mandalorian and be happy because I yeah. just feel like The Mandalorian is being made by true Star Wars fans, and we feel that, you know. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that whoever, well, no, I say whoever, I know exactly who's in charge at Disney, uh, you know, um, allowed Last Jedi to be made should be sacked. You know, and uh, you know that's simple as that. And she knows who she is. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where where we're at with that. We've not had uh, so many people give an opinion. Um, agreed, Flying Fish agrees. Um, but yeah, so there we go. There we go. Um, uh, there we go. Well, Mando might have to retcon. Yeah, yeah. M Mando may just pretend that the sequels never happened. Uh, but you know, and I we think just I think on the on how well they've done with Mando, I now have even higher hopes about Kenobi. Oh my god, don't! I cried when I found out Hayden Christensen was coming back. I actually cried. Oh um, my god! Like I I was so happy they were doing it, but wait, yeah, I I actually saw it on your Instagram feed, and I I think it was the biggest geek moment I ever had in my life. Hayden Christensen gets oh, a lot of crap, but I love no, him. I, I love no. the fact that him and Ewan McGregor are going to go at it again with Star Wars. Just uh, and yes, in 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 recent news, Liam Neeson also wants to come back. So that oh, would be the ultimate. Oh, that would be the ultimate. Oh um, man, fingers crossed. Oh. Eh? Um, Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, yes, but um, yes, uh, Flying Fish, they've brought back the essence of Star Wars with Mando. It was beautifully yes, done. Yes, they have. Perfectly, yeah. Right, to wrap up, Vicky has sent us one more question. We will answer this and then we'll wrap things up. If you could be, uh, could have been in a part, sorry, of any film, what oh, would it be? Oh. Good question. Oh, what, very good question. If you could have been a part of any film, what would it be? Mm, I... I don't know the answer to that question. Mm. I think... I don't know. That is a tough one. That is a real tough mm. one. I, I think... that, it's actually a really good question. I don't know. I, I Normally I'd go to something like Star Wars or something, but I'm not sure that's the answer to the question for me. It's not immediately appearing in my mind. I think... Um, do you know what? I think I would like to have been involved in a film that featured Robin Williams. I don't I don't I don't yeah. think 
you know, just, just, I wouldn't, I don't really care about the film per se. I care about the actors that were in it. So I would love to have been involved in a, in a, um, you know, uh, a film with Alan Rickman or Robin Williams. I don't really care. Like maybe Robin Hood or, you know, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire or Jumanji. Um, but, yeah, it's a difficult one. It's a really difficult one. I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Kind of like you, actually. It's not really. Um, there isn't a film that jumps out. But there, like you said, there's people that I, I'd like wouldn't have minded working with. Uh, you know, Spielberg, a, a Spielberg film. Um, yeah. In all, to be the first film that came to mind, and it is one of my favourite films, is Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I would have quite, I would have quite liked to have been involved with with that. Actually, one of one of my favourite films. Um, but I, I think more because Sorry, uh, it's, uh, it's obviously like Tom Hanks. You know, it, it, to be able to work with somebody like that would would just be incredible. Yeah. No matter, you know, I, it would yeah, be amazing. Um, mine would have to be. I've just decided Inception. Um, oh, I yeah, okay. not because because it was such a vast film, and they yeah. everything you see they did. So imagine being involved in that, like the scene in which Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like jumping from wall to wall in the hotel corridor. Mm. Like he did that for real. And I just think, you know yeah. what? What a great film to have been involved in. Um, yeah. So Vicky said mine would be Hunger Games. Fair play. Uh, we've got Titanic, Back to the Future, uh, Harry Potter, of course, Harry my, Potter. My, 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 I, I would, I would go with Titanic just so that I can actually help get Jack on that door because there was plenty of room. There was. There really. <laughs> was. That, that, uh, he didn't need to die. She, she did it on purpose. Agree. Uh, Bop says oh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Now, that, that's done. that's on my list of favourite films. Yeah, I would go with Anne Spielberg actually. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kick off Rose. There we go. So there we go. I think we are going to uh, look at wrapping it up there. Um, yeah. Danny, thank you so much. First time guest. I hope you'll come back in future. And, yeah, no, uh, absolutely. No, thank you for having me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed thank it. You. Thank you for your suggestion of cult films. Now, look, we didn't get to go through. Oh, funnily enough, I've just scrolled and seen Robocop on the cult list. So there you go. Oh, there You're you there are loads of cult films. Uh, Terminator, Nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, From Dust Till Dawn. We could have gone on forever. Even Beetlejuice got a mention. Um, but, um, you know, we would have been here forever. Uh, but yeah. look, thank you so much. Um, Vicky, next, po next podcast, we're on every Friday from 7 o'clock and we're always live. I have a new guest every week. Um, sometimes we also have returning guests. So, Danny, I hope, as I say, you'll come back and do a different topic with me at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Corey, thank you. Uh, Ithil, thank you also. Um, is Tim Burton himself just a cult at this point? <laughs> yes, I think he is. The yeah, man, the myth, the legend. Um, but yes, um, so yeah, no, uh, we will be back next Friday, 7pm, with a brand new guest and a brand new topic. I hope you'll join me then. Danny, thank you again for your uh, involvement today, and thank you to Sarah for her contributions as well. <laughs> I, sense, I sense she's nearby. Uh, yeah, so, she, she uh, just popped her head in the yeah, she just yeah. popped her head in the door. I think it's Freddie's bedtime. So, <laughs> oh, well, I'll let you go and do that. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you again. Uh, very much enjoyed the episode. Thank you very much, James. Um, thank you all, and yes, we will be back next week with another episode. Until then, take care. Cheers, Danny. See you soon. No worries. Bye bye.